welcome to the Compassionate Warrior. This is a podcast about rising up and becoming a warrior, empowering women through compassion and strength. So each episode, we will be interviewing women from all walks of life and learn from their journey. So I hope everyone's doing well today, considering the fact that we're all quarantined and in a lockdown. But let's not lose our spirit. Let's not lose our sanity, but rather educate and take this opportunity to know more about what's out there. And today it's going to be interesting because we will be exploring the avenue of astrology with our very own guest, Sarah McCrow. She's originally from Cleveland, Ohio. She's a mother, a housewife, and astrology has her been her lifelong passion. She does have an appetite for reading and learning on various topics such as abnormal psychology. But today we will be focusing about astrology. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me. How are we doing today? I'm doing fine considering, however, you know, studying astrology and um, just reading in general just, just takes my mind off of all this stuff. I'm trying to stay away from TV, too. I mean, ugh. <laughs> I think that's the that's the uh, the approach that a lot of us are doing right now. Try to stay away from social media or TV, just to focus more uh, within ourselves or try to educate more and about a lot of things. And and I think uh, this would be a, a useful information to go through as a reference, kind of whatever we're going to be discussing today, since this is your expertise, you know, astrology and all that. So let's not uh, wait any longer. So tell us. How did you first become interested in astrology and what got you interested in astrology that, to the point that you're okay. actually doing charts to people? Yes. Well, I started like a lot of people do. I just read about my sign and I read about uh, the placement. And I was like, oh, okay. I really couldn't, um, you know what I mean, totally agree because of the Sagittarius thing. However, when I saw that, it says, okay, well, you have Mercury in Sagittarius conjunct, uh, the sun in Sagittarius, and the orb is 12 degrees and 21. I'm like, whoa. When the math, it, that's when it really got me, was the, the aspects and the math, because then it all starts making sense. So then when I started getting into that realm, I mean, at first I kind of blew it off. I thought, what? I mean, really? What? I didn't believe it at all, you know? And I just thought it was something fun. But then my friend, like I said, she got me a report online from Astro.com and explained oh, sun's in the fifth house, you know. And then obviously it started spelling out a lot more for me. And sometimes I'm kind of impulsive. I just want to read something a little bit and move on. But this is something I could not put down. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that regard, I just started employing my like own formulas. But well, that's down the road. But yeah, that's how I started getting into it. And then I started helping my friends learn more about the people they wanted to date. So I really liked the synastry part. Yeah, and if someone would ask you on a layman's term, um, can you define astrology? Can you describe uh, to me what is astrology all about? How would you uh, refer to that? Astrology to me is the planetary energies in the sky. How do they directly uh, affect terrestrial? So terrestrial means Earth and celestial. So how are we directly affected? How can we be? Um, it, it, it's very, I, it kind of, for me, delves into uh, quantum physics in a way, but I'm not going to go that far. I'm just talking about the energies themselves. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the Mercury retrograde, I'll definitely explain more what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, however, so it's just like the, the energies, how they uh, agree with your body, what chemicals in your body, what neurotransmitters are working in your mind. It gets very... In good. Hmm, so, that I could explain more. Do you have any other particular question you want to ask me about, like? No, it's just like um, um, you know, from your perspective as an astrologer, obviously, um, a lot of women, especially, refer to astrology as a guideline. You know what? How? What? What are the expectations of day to day? So, for um, for a normal per- person, how can uh, astrology uh, be a benefit? on our day-to-day life? So uh, for it to be a benefit on a day-to-day life, I just want to clear up that a lot of individuals think that like an astrologer is all about uh, predicting the future. Well, yes, that's one of the things that people can do, especially with Vedic or sidereal. 
However, I'm a fan of the motto, you can't predict the future unless you know the people. You know what I'm saying? So in that regard, it, I like to give people a heads up. And that's what astrology is. It can be sort of comforting for a woman to read that and they can get like, oh, okay. And it'll give them hope. And it's, it's not false hope. It's real hope. These are real possibilities that can happen. Yes, you can look and see what's going to happen in the future. However, what if, you know, you do have an opportunity thing to get a new job, but your Mercury is an Aries and at the time of the interview went retrograde and yeah, it's all set up for you to get that job. But you, let's say your impulsive Aries Mercury in speech didn't get you the job. So it has to be about, and Mercury is extremely important in it. So the way you think is just not the way you act, you know? And uh, so when we're talking about being a benefit on a, a daily basis is just to get that insight about yourself. If you know yourself well enough, then you can start seeing patterns of other people. But first you want to get to know yourself back and forth, which is very hard for people to do. So, and I believe that, like I said, it gives a person like maybe an incentive to, to um, continue to do whatever it is that they want to accomplish. Like if it says, Oh, well, you know, you have a, an excellent opportunity coming up for a relationship. Okay, so someone will get all excited, like, yeah. But, and they tell you what to do to prepare for such things. You know, like, you can do, like, what they would recommend, like, other people, like, ceremonial magic, using candles and stuff like that. I actually have something right now, which is actually perfect. I just got this in the book. So, the moon spells, like, the moon is what a person really needs to be tracking every day. That That's what the main thing is, honestly. It, it does affect a lot of things. Every two and a half days to three days. Did you ever notice if you changed, like if your mood changed or did you notice any patterns? Like I've been, like just personally, because I've been writing down notes for every moon to see what kind of themes occur in my health, in my relationships. And I go back and then to look at these and it's like, so crazy how it is a pattern it goes like that every month because from what you're telling me it's basically um you know by being able to identify recording everything you're 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 creating yourself an internal compass to identify what are your patterns on a day-to-day basis because for a for a normal person they would base that mood probably because of Hey, for women, isn't am I you know am I PMSing? Am I my hormones fluctuating? Are women in menopausal uh, period are it's just like all about hormones that's talking. It's not me, so it's all chemical, you know. But then now you're providing us a different insight of not really because there is a better explanation to that, not only physiologically but also astrologically to what you're referring to right now, which is creating those or any alignment or any um, positioning of the moon or the stars um, are actually affecting the way we think and the way we behave or respond to, to any occurrence with another um, energy. Yeah, like, so the moon is how you emotionally react to any situation. So if you can try to keep tabs on the moon and then therefore how you're going to react is going to depend on how are you thinking. Mercury, how do you feel about it? Venus, and then what kind of action are you going to take subsequently? You know what I mean? And um, you're right. It is, like you said, there are ways to see and like with the chemicals and things of that nature in the moon and there's a menstrual period time of the month for women, but that, like I said, there's more than one time of the month. There's actually 12 times in a month and then they actually switch and then we'll talk about the polar opposite type thing. I'll tell you all about that. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. So um, this is just a, a little question to ask you. Um, can you give me one particular situation? I'm sure you had many uh, where you have helped someone deal with their problem with their personal or professional life using astrological charge. You know, can you uh, share some experience or instances where you, you know, by using the astrological chart, you were able to provide some insight or under, better understanding to another person what's actually happening to them? So I, I'm good at getting people that don't look like they would talk to talk. Um, 
like my mom always said I had a gift with talking with people who are quote unquote mentally ill or just unapproachable. So when I do that, I just have a way of opening up a dialogue like, or I'll just make a joke about, I'm like, oh, you're working rather quickly there. What are you in Aries? You're, you're surely getting the job done quick. And then if they say they're not in Aries, then they're not. But if they are, so then it opens up a conversation. I was just, and the point is, is that I, how I've helped these people is that I obviously I listen, but I tell them the the advice and the insight about them. And I also like do the counseling type thing too. Like I'm a really good counselor. They say a lot of people, especially in my job, which I started about a year ago and like everyone there knows me as the, what do they call it? The resident astrologer. <laughs> but um, I've gotten a couple of customers there, but the joy is to get people to, to realize and the insight, and I know that's the sound, there's way more to it, and it's not just about the insight, but it's all the way you say it to a person, uh, the, the way that I articulate words as well. These people tell me that I have been easier to talk to than their psychologist or psychiatrist who just wants to hand them medication. And I really know a lot about the, the psychology and how that works, and so going to counseling. So yeah, and it's another way I've helped people a lot in this regard is they'll give me their like significant others that they're interested in birthday and then mm -hmm. I will do a background check <laughs> for them on, on the chart and say okay so this is what you might want to look out for with this person because you don't want to you know bust their bubble they're in this love bubble like oh you know but I can say look you might want to be aware this individual could be a little deceptive when it comes to their money they might have a a relationship with their mother that can get in the way or something like that but at the same time I want to tell them you know they are very high functioning uh, and ambitious you know what I mean they get the job done they're not you know they're not going to sit around and watch tv all the time you know just to try to get them on both sides but I am what I call a bubble popper <laughs> and what does that mean it means that I want people to know the, the negative things that are possible and say them in a nice way because people need to know about them, but not to the extent where I would make them depressed or something like that, not make anybody, but I don't, that's not the, the point. The point is to, is to be aware, be completely aware because uh, what's going on in the sky above is on a completely different realm that we cannot see, you know, like, like right now, we can't see this virus. It's an unseen enemy, correct? Well, these are also unseen forces that are around us all the time just like the, the, the wave that, you know for the 5g and stuff like that just in like an electromagnetic wave but yeah i'm going off the topic but that's basically how i like how i help people is like just giving them the advice that they are seeking but also giving them the advice that they're not seeking because <laughs> if you're going to pay me i'm going to tell you the truth but however i'm going to be keeping it light and under, easy to understand and um, I like to do tarot card readings because those right there because the astrology is very complicated because of all the math involved that's but a, like a tarot card I could do really quick it's really simple it's very intuitive and so is astrology but like I said the numbers kind of get in the way for me not get in the way but they you know take away from and I can't get too much in the numbers I'll get when what's the word um my intuition will go away because the logic and the science. So you have to balance it. Mm -hmm. Like the, the art, right brain and the left brain, logic and the intuition. Okay. And that's what, you know, people have always said I had to work on. <laughs> so wonder somebody could just like say, hey, um, I want to know about this person. Or uh, I'm sure a lot of women have consulted to you uh, with regards to their potential um partner or um if ever they're prospecting um a date or stuff like that they would actually ask you hey i met this guy he's a he's a sagittarius what do you think about this guy so that's the only information they will give to you and they would you will do those um background check in terms of analyzing the star signs or analyzing uh you know what could be uh what can be expected out of this person based on their signs pretty much and then you relay that information to the person who's inquiring correct mm -hmm. and like so my friend recently told me, she's like, oh, you know, I met this, uh, this Taurus. I'm like, great. You know, and, she, and I'm like, she said, what do you think? Well, I said, well, you are an Aquarius and he's a Taurus. So that those are both fixed signs. So you're going to be like somewhat stubborn in regards. You would be more, you know, stubborn in the realm of uh, intellectual. You may have a hard time changing your thoughts. This individual is going to be different in the realm of feelings. So there's going to be a disconnect there. But as far as 
he will get motivate you to think more and to open your mind and not to be so close-minded. And then I'll say, it falls in your 10th house. So this person's going to have some sort of a fatherly type of influence over you. And you want to be careful of that because you can start feeling um, smothered. But I do see a lot of potential. And I'll just add like, you know, four or five things. And then the person would be blown away. I just say something for like a minute. But And I'm thinking to myself, I haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> I can talk to someone for like an hour. And they're like, okay, I got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean someone could just throw me like at work i'll just be you know walking around and you know talking to customers and such and so yeah they just like if i know their chart which i usually do because that girl was a leo rising that's how i was able to know like exactly where the person's chart would be you know mm-hmm. so yeah I, every, I have a very very good memory for charts so if i know somebody's chart and you say oh I, I walk up to them. I'll be like, oh, you know what? Mercury isn't currently in Leo right now. To be in your first house, this would be an opportunity. But I've got to admit to you, uh, when I first started the Facebook groups, it was really quick. Someone said something like, oh, we, I think it's kind of creepy that she just comes up and is able to, you know, just ask, tell people about their signs or just gives them, what's the word, um, advice they didn't ask for well it wasn't I, I i just get so excited i wanted to warn them and i didn't realize that it might look creepy i thought it was being helpful mm-hmm. but at least i got a reputation for caring right well <laughs> oftentimes unsolicited information are being seen as you know being intrusive or whatnot right so especially when it's being uncalled for and unfortunately for um you know for someone who is very uh caring you know personality like you you like to help people you you know very compassionate about that um people you know would misinterpret that a lot of time but i mean it it is fascinating to know about the charge i mean just like you know looking at you you're like your face lit up and you're just like so into it and this is something that you're really passionate about and it shows you know (laughs) i study like four hours a day i'm working on all these asteroids now and these fixed stars i'm telling you the plot thickens it's there's so much. Oh, that's really <laughs> interesting. So, can you briefly explain to me the difference between a sign and a descend ascendant sign? Let's say, for example, I am a Leo with an ascendant Taurus. What is the purpose of the ascendant sign for me? Okay, so the sun sign is going to be basically your self-expression. Where do you shine, and how do you shine, depending on what house it's in. The ascendant is much trickier in itself because it's. A lot of people have heard this term, it's the mask we wear, the society. Mm-hmm. It's how do we want people to perceive us? Um, and how do we perceive ourselves? How do we perceive the world? It is also um, related to the body, the body we have come into the world in. So if you want to think about it in the realm of a make of a, a model of a car, okay, so what kind of model of car are you driving in? What kind of you know, outside of it you know, is in there. But the sun, the sun is the driver and the ascendant is the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it has a lot to do with it as well. And it's how do you come off to people? So for a Taurus rising, and I can see it, you dress very conservatively, you're very patient, for, you know, it, you're like, it seems like you can maintain good patience. From what I see here, you're a really good decorator. And see, I can tell that just by looking at your ascendant. I can't see the Leo part in you. I can't right now, but I'm sure with like your friends and family, they might see that part like, you know, the person and I could see the passion, obviously, but there's other things with Leo's and such like that. I just can't see from looking at the first impression of you. I wouldn't have guessed you were a Leo, but I see the forest because first of all, the earthiness, you're not over the top. Yeah, that's how I, I guess people descended. So you're not over the top, you know, and you're, you you do not look particularly like fiery like enthused like whoa like i'm acting right now you, I, what i mean is that I, that's just how i gauge it you're not particularly emotional so that's how i was able to see that mm-hmm. and i'm sure you are i'm saying the perception that a first impression like myself would give so that makes sense plus you know it's an earth sign as opposed to a fire sign so it's a balance for you you, you don't want to put your fire out with the earth and you don't want to set earth on fire exactly so basically Short, yeah, the ascendant is the vehicle. It's like, I'm going to get in my car now, and I'm going to drive. I'm going to see what's going to happen. But it's also, for example, for like for me, I'm a Leo rising, and they like to talk about themselves. No, I try to get out of that because um, 
but with the Leo rising, uh, I I do I am very passionate and things of that nature, and then the Sagittarius as well backs that up with the learning. So, mm-hmm. but most people would I can be very shy though, and so can mm-hmm. yourself as a Leo. You can be very regal and things of that nature, and I'm not just I'm just saying for and you know briefly for yourself. But yeah, I hope I didn't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry about it. No, no, it's actually pretty. Uh pretty uh, spot on I mean like like what I said I'm a Leo myself but I don't I'm not the type of Leo that's that what others would would describe as you know would like all the attention all the time and would that no I'd rather be on the back scene you know trying to manipulate things around and try to say but when I I, when I work and when I rise I rise to the occasion you know what I mean and they would see that it would they it would be recognized but I don't want the attention all be drawn onto me that's not the case because I'd rather you know work in silence and let that um, let that work vibrate and you know speaks for its volumes later on. So it's something that it's, um, you know, it's more of respect than I, anything. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you do that. That's good. And plus, I bet you're really organized. And Leos, man, they super focus in on their work, you know, and you're very passionate. About it. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's really cool. And you like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, we as a Leo, we like. We like the attention, but I think one thing I, I admire, you know, about us is that we're very passionate when we when it comes to like helping and, you know, providing some love and care like we give it all. You know, that's the thing about yes. Leo that I find. You have a heart and Leo has to do the heart. If you ever notice a lot of Leos who make speech like, let's say, uh, Obama, he'll he'll frequently touch his heart. You can you can tell a Leo sometimes because they're passionate, you know. And um, like we said, but they're the fixed fire. So they're undying flame, you know, they never mm-hmm. go out. And it's, but they do need people to come give them the air to get motivated to do more. Oh, I just want to say really quick about the Leos. They say, oh, Leo want attention. That, no, it's about acknowledgement because Leos do really have something special to offer. And if they don't feel acknowledged about it, they feel like, oh, nothing. Everybody needs reassurance. That I agree. <laughs> I, I do agree. I mean, it's it's a validation aspect, like ev- like everyone else, right? You can never dismiss anyone because any any each and every one of us do have something special to offer, and that you know that deserves to be recognized and to be appreciated and acknowledged, right? So, I think that speaks mm-hmm. for everyone too. But for Leo, yes, it does. Uh, it does sometimes. Uh, you know, stings when you don't feel that you're acknowledged and you kind of feel resentful yes. about it. So I, I'm at full of that one too. I do understand. I could relate 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So now let me talk about, you know, like how, um, you know, really interesting these are and just listening to you and hearing you, like I could totally understand, okay, how do you do the mathematical equation behind the scenes for all of the science, stuff like that. Now let's talk about something interesting because um, I know you have a, a you know, like uh, a lot of people talked about uh, Metro Retrograde as uh, people use it more and more. Even uh, people are more aware of Metro Retrograde as I see it often on Facebook, social media, and even use it as their statuses. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about Metro Retrograde, uh, what it is and what can we do to manage metro retrograde? And is it always bad? So mm, it's not bad. It's just a trying period. So to, to begin, Mercury and all of the planets go retrograde. But Mercury goes retrograde three to four times a year. It actually just came out of retrograde. Um, I can't recall. Maybe about a month ago. Um, it was in Pisces and it was back and forth, which is extremely telling. With Pisces, with um, which has to do with all the viruses and secrets and stuff like that. So, and then all of a sudden, all of this happens, you know. And that also happened around the time of the Spanish flu, too. I did some research. But anyways, I, do, I digress. So, with a Mercury retrograde, where Mercury is never more than 28 degrees from the sun. It has a major, major impact, more than we know, um, on how we think, how our neurotransmitters, like the main ones, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, and... Uh, there's a million of them, but those are for anxiety, depression, the pleasure center. So 
if Mercury goes in, when Mercury goes in retrograde, things go haywire. It's like a computer, right? That is getting, um, like you cannot, it's very hard to communicate with people or get a straight answer out of someone. Um, it's not a good idea to sign contracts. Things are so changeable. Mail gets lost. Um, people will cancel appointments. And it's just, it's hard to explain why to an average person, but I'm trying to. So what I mean is that it retrograde Mercury appears to be moving backwards in the sky because most of the time all planets are prograde. But when you go retrograde, it looks like they're moving faster, but they're not. What's going on is the other planets are speeding around them because they're technically kind of just stuck, really. Not stationary, but they're just in, like, what I would say, a spinning, like, motion. And what's happening here while all this spinning is going on is all the energy is going inside. So if we just had that Pisces retrograde, right, and when it went inside, what did people start doing? They started keeping secrets. But when it goes retrograde, I mean, you know, not retrograde, it comes back direct. All those secrets are going to come to light, my friend. You know what I mean? And so... It's just not a good time to do any type of advertising, communication. They say surgeries, don't do surgeries. And it's only because the, the way that people are operating, it's really their brains kind of are going haywire. Um, just to, to say something very much quickly um, about mercury in general, uh, it is poisonous to humans, the actual chemical, because we are getting kind of these kinds of chemical type things through um, either the air, and I'm not trying to make it sound creepy, but it's just it, mercury is in everything. Um, they tell us not to eat mercury when we're pregnant, right? But why? Well, it is poisonous. But for a fish, in a fish's brain, I thought this was so interesting. They are tracking dolphins and whales, huge whales. They want to know where they're going, right? So, but how do they do that? The mercury, the mercury in their brains, they use it from space. It's an actual sonar. You, they can use it. I was like, I'm like, okay, so if they can do that to dolphins, what could happen to us? So that's why I've been getting more into exploring, for example, if Mercury is in Capricorn, which is kind of a depressing, uh, bleak, pessimistic uh, Mercury to be in. And it could be just like a lot of responsibility, heavy, serious thinking. When it goes into retrograde, all of that will go inward. And it won't be necessarily seen on outward spiral you know what i'm saying but you'll have time it's almost like like taking a break like mercury's taking a nap and um i'm just gonna see what, what all this energy gives me when it goes out of retrograde what is going to be the result of all that information you were trying to keep in most people just need to be aware of miscommunication obviously um or getting contracts mixed up or just things like um, even relationships and takes a huge toll on workplace relationships. I notice. I do a lot of observing. So when Mercury was in Pisces at my workplace, I was noticing how people were sneaking or talking on each other's backs. And I even saw someone steal. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's all Pisces kind of stuff. And that's, mm -hmm. that's my big thing. I love to observe what's going on. So in that realm, when we have a Mercury retrograde, like we do have one coming up. Um, on June 17th, and it's going to be in Cancer. So I can give a little bit of, um, tell you a little bit how to prepare for that if you want. Please do. Okay. I mean, at least our listeners could have a heads up. That would be great if you could. Yes. Okay, so Cancer is um, a highly emotional, emotional sign. That's the first thing you'll know. It's very moody and intuitive, and it is very changeable, meaning that the person will feel they're very they're very dedicated to family and dedicated to their house, but at the same time, they the cancer energy in general can be feel they can feel unacknowledged. They can feel like they don't matter. So when Mercury goes into Cancer, sometimes you'll hear a lot of um, in the negative realm, really quick, is just that people will have problems like discussing about. Where, what to do in the future, maybe what to do with their house. A lot of people might be thinking about fixing up their house or even moving um, or having a baby or things like that. But that's not necessarily the case with Mercury in retrograde. I mean, more like Venus. But when you're communicating with someone, Mercury in retrograde, just within this Cancer one coming up, just be extremely 
uh, understanding it's going to be a touchy, touchy, touchy time. So you have to pick your words extremely carefully when you're talking to someone like that. <laughs> like, and um, like I said, you do not want to take any risks like signing contracts and stuff, such in this time. Why? Because some people will take their own emotional opinions and say, well, whatever, because they're so like at the time they're going to take their opinion and say, well, I don't think this person should even um, qualify for this application. Anyways, I'm just going to throw it aside. I mean, behind the closed doors, a lot of um, animosity and jealousy and the negative end on the positive end. Like I said, you could uh, meet um, a new, I mean, not meet, but go back past sometimes um mercury and venus a lot venus will be going retrograde in may so we're going to be having too much two retrogrades going on at once you know on may 13th to june 17th so the best thing i can give advice for that is seeing as how it's going to be in gemini and cancer these are highly signs that are really gemini has a lot to do with relationships and when venus is in gemini you're going to have like this as we know, the Gemini, the confusion, and partners. Like, what do I want? Do I want this? Do I want that? You're going to have a lot of it. Yeah, two summers ago, that it was like this. Now I remember. A lot of my friends were breaking up with each other. They, they have trouble really um, – sorry, I talked too quick. Leaving relationships and reliving the past. Mm-hmm. So this summer, we just want to beware of getting back into situations that have been negative for us in the past. We have to see this coming from a million miles per hour, I mean, away. If I say, hey, there's a chance that somebody can come back into your life. Maybe it's an old family member, that, but they might want something. You need to know that there's a lot of underlying motives with these signs. And cancer is highly psychological um, mm-hmm. with this. Mercury, there's a lot of mind games going on and guilt trips. So you want to be aware of that kind of stuff. But the way you can diffuse that, like I said, is to sit down and really try to take um, interest in how they are truly feeling and just don't brush people off and say, oh, okay, well, bye. No, you need to really care about how a person feels, especially in this time and day, you know, you know, in this time and day and age where everybody is kind of separate anyways. So just make sure that you pick up the phone and just, you know, call and check on people, show them you love them, you know, stuff like that. I mean, people are already doing that, but just with this mercury and cancer things can get a little um people might start talking about the past which is good because you know that you know when you first meet someone i mean to talk on forever just, when you haven't talked to someone forever you'll be like hmm you know they'll, they'll start talking to you about the past oh do you remember the time we went to school together and we had the teacher mrs lumpkin or whatever so that gives you guys a sense of a camarade and you can talk again and feel better so I think that that's a good thing for Mercury retrograde coming up that we will take this look inside of ourselves and examine our concept of family and what does it mean to be connected in this time and just any time. But like, like I said, this is a tough time. So, And then relationships and Gemini. So we just want to be aware of that with these, Mer- these retrogrades coming up, Venus and Mercury. I mean, that's all. I, I know I said a lot, but um, if you have any other questions, I can elaborate. But <laughs> I always give a long explanation, but I just feel like I need to give as many details as possible. My, my friends tell me, you, sh- you say you shouldn't overwhelm people so much. I'm trying <laughs> not to. No, no, it's, it's good. In, but, you know, it's good information that we should all be looking out to. Um, a lot of things, too, as well, that people would do whenever there's a metro retrograde is actually work on with their crystals. Now, you do mention that we do have upcoming metro retrogrades. What kind of crystal would you suggest for anyone to actually hold on to to protect themselves during this time? Or what, what type of crystals we should be playing with that you could, you know, suggest? Well, I have just recently, I was the type of person that was very skeptical of, like, things of that nature. I, I am very logical. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, I'm hearing a crystal on crystals. And then that was like, you know, I just thought it was, it didn't make any sense. Then I obviously started looking more into it. And I know I'm starting to learn more about the, the crystals and how they truly do pr- protect. I do have a crystal um, making system. As far as a crystal for each particular sign, it, it would be the birthstone would be like, you know, the most accurate one to wear. However, 
it, there's other things based on like their health and stuff like that. There's so many. I so I honestly don't know too much about it at the second, mm-hmm. but I am working on learning more about it actually today because I'm going to be doing a video about Taurus and mm-hmm. how they can defend themselves against this epidemic. I'm going to do one for every sign. So I'm going to do Taurus today because, yeah, so I'm going to be doing that one. I'm going to talk about the herbs they can take and the crystals. So I'm doing research on it right now. I'm sorry I can't give specific crystals for people right now because I don't want to get the wrong information. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm doing that Taurus video today. I'm really excited to get it out. Oh, we should all be looking forward to that. I might tune in for that afterwards. All right. So um, we talked about Metro Retrograde. It has very um, little information that it provided to us. Very insightful. I really appreciate that. Now let's talk about sign compatibility. So I think each and every one of us rely on this, uh, especially women actually would refer to our signs, you know, star signs and the compatibility aspect of it. So each sign has, you know, as an opposite sign. And what does it mean having an opposite sign? What it means that, let's say, for example, if Leah is not compatible with a, um, you know, Libra, then I should be, you know, I shouldn't be dealing with a Libra or if, you know, what are, what does it mean for a normal person, you know, to watch out for the signs and just, you know, is there a synchronicity, um, you know, an alignment or uh, synchronicity about being able to pair with another person that's within your sign, you know, sun chart? Okay. So I'll try to answer this as concisely as possible. Let's start off with the polar opposites and a battery. And let's think okay. about the positive side of the battery and the negative side. And for instance, if we're going to talk about the polarity of Scorpio and Taurus. So Scorpio and Taurus are both yin signs. Um, but it, let's say, yeah. So yang usually goes with yang and yin usually goes with yin. But if we're talking about a polar opposite, they always say opposites do not attract. But here's the deal, you know, you know that's not true. Because <laughs> let's say, let me just use, for me, for example, I have a 78% chart of, composed of fire. And if I would talk to an, another fire person, I can easily get out of control. So what? Do, if you look at your chart, see which element you lack. This is the trick. See which element you lack. And then you will often be surprised to find that you will attract someone with that element you do not have in your chart. I have very little mm-hmm. earth. And I keep on getting Virgos. I'm a Sagittarius, which is square Virgo. It's not a very good match, they say, but it is workable. And you know what? Like the trines, how they say, which is 120 degrees apart, they say, well, a trine would be um, the fire signs would be Leo, Sagittarius, and Aries. Those people would be good together. Yeah, but in the long run, you, you do need someone to balance yourself out. You know what I mean? So for yourself, I don't know if you know any Aquariuses. But if you do, you might, I don't know, like the, the Aquariuses can come off as um, intellectual gurus. They, they are really hard to shift. So, and then Leo, if they can be highly offended or even think, this person's a know-it-all. You know, like I, you know, this Aquarius is, and things of that nature, just in that realm. So for you, for Taurus and Scorpio, Taurus is going to be more interested in the material realm of mm-hmm. life and and. You think that's love, but Scorpio, the opposite, is going to be more concerned with uh, the emotional love and things that intimacy. So, and just to throw this out here, just for whatever reason, like the Scorpio, they say is like um, a highly sexual sign. Well, that's not the mm-hmm. case. They can't be if they are. Then, because you see how Scorpios always brag about that and stuff. Mm-hmm. The the new slash. I'm gonna reveal this in my Taurus video, and I think any Taurus will probably agree with me. That it's actually the opposite. Being an Earth sign for Taurus, Earth signs are actually the most sexually, or you know, just in this realm. And what I'm saying is that they are more into the feeling and the sensuality as opposed to Scorpio, who likes the intimacy. So you need to balance this out because if a if a Scorpio person gets with somebody who doesn't have that at all, the, the mm-hmm. ability to show them intimacy very happy you know what i'm saying so then it then it goes into the um different types of like sextiles so you would say what a taurus is good with a cancer which is a good match taurus and cancer mm-hmm. and the biggest trick that i have um discovered is that eventually a person will usually get with 
someone who has the ascendant of them that's beforehand. So for me, I would attract a lot of like um, Leo type, mm-hmm. Virgo type individuals because I have a progressed Virgo ascendant. I'm not gonna. I'm, sorry, sorry, I'm not gonna confuse people with the progressed stars, but. That's what I do when I look at the synastry. You may want to look at the sign before and after the sign. You know, mm-hmm. it's the like neighbors. You know, like neighbors. So sometimes you do fall in love with the girl or guy next door because it's the best geo. You know, like the proximity is so simple. But yeah, I mean, um, as far as that goes, with like I said, there's conjunctions, there's, there's trines, the sextiles, and the squares and the oppositions. And the squares and oppositions usually have so like if like with me Sagittarius and Virgo, it's been working out. I've been with him for ten years. You know, it, squares and uh, oppositions are extremely hard aspects. But once you get through them, you're going to experience the joy that you always wanted. It's not going to be that easy, quick fix. Like oh, I'll get it in with another Leo, and I'm going to have a lot of fun for a while. But is mm-hmm. it going to last? And that's where mm-hmm. you look to Saturn. Mm-hmm. You want to look at your Saturn like too to see. If, how you are bonded to that individual. Are you meant to be together? Why are you meant to be together? You know, so I can see all that stuff in the chart. Hmm, that's really interesting. Wow. That's a, like a lot of like getting to know yourself first before you could actually say, okay, in order for you to somehow find a perfect formula of a perfect partner per se is mm-hmm. you're referring to astrology is a one way to actually acquiring it or being able to um, increase your chances of, finding the right one for you because you're being able to interpret what are your desires and what is complementary to your desires and vice versa. And yeah, and another thing I wanted to throw in there very quickly is that they tell you that when a man, you want to look at a man's chart to see what kind of woman that he might be used to, quote unquote, the security would be the moon. And it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the type of person you want because it reminds me of their mother. So they kind of want to stay away from that. Mm-hmm. But so they would look into Venus in the man's chart to see, oh, okay, so what kind of woman would I attract? Like Venus and Libra, the individual want a cultured woman, a well-spoken woman, someone who is not crude, someone who is, you know, intellectually inclined, like culture, arts, you know, things of that nature. But in, and then for a woman's chart, you would look at the Mars sign. So that's another mm-hmm. thing. So you, you want to look at the Mars signs, what kind of men you would attract. But at the same time, why are you attracting these men? It's not just for romantic possibilities as well. So that's a good thing to figure out. You don't just attract people for romance, obviously. And so that's why I delve into all relationships. But in the romantic realm, yes. Like So that's what I just, that's my favorite thing to do with the synastry, to help get people together and to communicate mm-hmm. in the, Almost be like not a marriage counselor when I don't have any credentials. I don't have, but I do have 20 years of experience from reading constantly. Not, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, I hope I didn't say too much, but <laughs> I got kind of into the math a little bit. But yeah, like I said, I can't, it's, it's very, there's a lot to it. But just looking straight at a chart, yeah, you just want to look at the Mars for the woman and the Venus for the man and, um, and just, to understand the basic flow of the chart, that yang usually gets along with yang, and mm-hmm. that yin gets along with yin, water okay. and earth sign. And then, and if you like yang and, for instance, like a sun sign of Sagittarius, and then with Aquarius, so Aquarius is the yang air. It'll help the Aquarius with their ideas. So it'll give a fresh of breath, you know, breath of fresh air, so to speak. Just an that example, you know, okay. and. I, yeah, so basically when they say opposites do not attract, they do attract for a reason. There's a purpose. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, are, are there any books? Are there any books that people can refer to for anyone who is who's not very familiar or would like to better understand the sun, you know, ascendance and those kind of information? Um, are there any resources online that they could refer to? Yeah, um, and also... I usually use, um, I'm looking at this book, I usually use uh, astro.com and cafeastrology.com, but mostly I read a lot. So this right here is honestly one of the best sets that has helped me. It's very, it's an older school type of, you know, it's by these women, Mary and March. Okay. And it's, um, this is a very beat up because I use it a lot. And then there's five series to it. So it talks about how to analyze it, talks about the progressions and returns. So 
I, that's what I, I, I started reading first and then I'm okay. um, going online to double check. But um, another great one I can recommend is Parker's Astrology by, I believe it's uh, D, D and K Parker. Their last names are Parker. Oh, Derek and Julia. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. I was trying to remember the authors. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very, I, I like to, I, I'm the type of person who gets kind of stuck in um, one type of uh, way of learning but I've been like reading a lot but I've been going more or less on like cafe astrology to read about other like the same stuff I can read in a book but the way mm-hmm. I learned best is by communicating in Facebook groups with individuals and, and seeing their own personal experiences and there's still yeah have you ever been in an um, astrology Facebook group no I haven't and it's something that I would definitely check out later on just to be able to see or listen to what are the intuitive aspect that people can provide insight to terms of reference of you know good science okay, yeah because like that, that helped me out immensely um and especially if you're a newcomer a person like myself or anyone else who's been in the group they will do not hesitate to answer any question the one that i use frequently is astrology rebels mm-hmm. i have one myself it's called astro realm so astro mm-hmm. realm and astrology rebels and astrology Kings or some astrology queens. I don't know. I'm, I'm in like 50 of them, but I use those the most. Okay. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would like to know more about astrology. This is a very broad topic. And unfortunately, we don't have that much time to cover because it, it would take, you know, and I would love to take you another uh, session. Definitely. We'll, we'll focus on one or we can do a series later on if you're up to it. Definitely something that I can do. <laughs> oh, wow. I, you know, I would love that because not only am I uh, passionate about astrology and passionate about teaching in general mm-hmm. so i just love to teach it just and oh, a, like i said i just people to feel better about themselves and it's not about getting it just say oh what can my future bring well, your future's not gonna bring you anything if you don't change yourself <laughs> yeah? And, yeah absolutely so why don't we uh, tell any of uh, our listeners where they can actually contact you in case they want to they want their charge to be made by you, you know, so that they can have a full understanding. Or if they have any further question, want to know more about the, you know, about their signs or the, um, uh, they can better handle, a, you know, potential partner or work or anything that could assist them. I think they would, we, they would be glad to get an insight from you. Where can they reach you or how can they contact you? Um, I can be reached on, I have a business page on Facebook called Celestial Forces. And I also have a YouTube channel that I've been putting more videos out called Celestial Forces. Same thing. That's my brand, you know. That's the name of it. And then also a person could reach me on Facebook directly on Messenger. Or like I said, they can message me through the Celestial Forces business page. And then um, I could give my email and stuff like that later if you want to post it in the link. But yeah, I'm, I'm able to be reached in many different ways. I'm eventually yeah. going to get a phone for the you know phone number specifically for astrology <laughs> i think a lot uh, of people I, would seek out for your help later on <laughs> that's for sure that's for sure all right so um obviously our uh, our show won't uh, won't end without asking our theme obviously because the compassionate warrior is all about us being warriors our job is to empower our job is to encourage a lot of women and share our journey and our story with them and hopefully it would provide them some hope insight and inspiration so i would like to ask you sarah what is being a warrior means to you well uh, besides surviving it means not giving up it means plowing through and it just means at the same time just don't think about yourself and when you're out there plowing through, you want to take other people with you or, you know, help them, not just go plow through and say, hey, I'm a warrior. No, it doesn't matter. The true warriors are the ones that are able to fight at the same time but have people with them that they could help fight, fight together, I guess you can say. Um, it's not even about fighting, but it's just about beating, conquering, and over, and just getting over, uh, not getting over, but you know what I mean. Like I said, conquering. I can't think of all the words I want to use right now. (laughs) So I guess really the final thing I would like to say in regards to astrology and how um, I feel I can help people with it, um, get to know themselves, and to try to not transform their idea of thinking, 
but to get them to step out out of the to, to look at all the different levels of existence that we have and um, to also understand that obviously there is free will, but there are a lot of things like Mercury retrograde that kind of do screw things up and whether people want to believe it or not. So that what I mean by that is I'm just a really good at listening and um, giving wise insight. I got people say, I don't know, I'm a Sagittarius stellium. So whatever, I don't know. If it works, it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for your... I don't want to see people feel sad like I did. You know, it really breaks my heart. So I try to really try to uh, reach out to younger people as well, you know? Oh, that's really great. They're really well, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, once again, thank you very, very much for your time, Sarah. I really appreciate it. This is a very insightful afternoon. And I think I, I actually foresee an upcoming show after our second part of the session just because I think the time wouldn't be enough to cover everything. I think on our next uh, episode with you, I would love to cover a little bit of a sign that people are predominant. So maybe we can explore more on the topic of the compatibility and the retrograde and stuff like that. And you can provide them an insight of how they can, you know, you, since you mentioned you're working on uh, different signs and how they can address or manage their metro retrogates, what crystal they could work on or use or those kind of things. I think that would, that would become a... Um, a valuable uh, resource for a lot of people too. So I should definitely put that on the list for our next topic. Yes, thank you for mentioning the crystals because like I said, I'm trying to grow some and trying to learn more about it. But when there's just so much things you can only learn at once, you know, it's like, ah, it's overwhelming. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I'm going to be doing this tours video. I want to get it out today, but like just everything you said, talk about that. So I'm going to do tours on that video. We could probably do a show on Scorpio or even Leo, whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I believe our thank listeners you. have taken this wonderful moment with you. Uh, you've been really a uh, great help in providing some insight to better understand astrology and the signs. Uh, there's more to talk about, that's for sure, definitely. But I think by providing some insight, what to expect, especially you mentioned about upcoming metro retrogates, could provide some insight to a lot of people. So we thank you for that. <laughs> yeah you're welcome like and i just want them to know about the venus ventricles too and like i said i hope it wasn't too verbose so i can be like that but it's, i get excited so <laughs> no worries about <laughs> thank that. you so much for having me and it really gets my mind off of this everything just talking to you like hey let's talk longer <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for that so uh, once again everyone this is the compassionate warrior show this is a podcast for all of our are women out there who would like to know more about everyone else's journey or who would like to uh, be inspired and provide some more encouragement to our fellow tribers. So this is uh, your host, Alpha Gumbuck. If you want to know more of our guests, uh, please do not hesitate to contact us by email at thecompassionatewarrior2019 at gmail.com. Our uh, podcast is available, available by a Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, and hopefully one day we'll be on Spotify. So once again, another great afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Until next time.